Houston, we have a podcast. Welcome to the official podcast of the NASA Johnson Space Center, episode 239, The Crew 4 Astronauts. I'm Gary Jordan, and I'll be your host today. On this podcast, we bring in the experts, scientists, engineers, and astronauts, all to let you know what's going on in the world of human spaceflight. NASA's commercial crew program continues, launching a crew of four astronauts from NASA and ESA, the European Space Agency, on a U.S. commercial spacecraft on the fourth crew rotation mission to the International Space Station. Each of these four crew members are incredible, high-achieving individuals, and I was fortunate enough to spend a few minutes with each of them before their launch. These interviews were recorded throughout January and February of 2022. On this episode, we will hear from each individual astronaut, Commander Chell Lindgren, Pilot Bob Hines, and Mission Specialists Jessica Watkins and Samantha Cristoforetti, and hear them reflect on their lives, training, and anticipation of their upcoming long-duration mission to space. Let's get right into it. Enjoy. T-minus five seconds and counting. Mark. First up is NASA astronaut Chell Lindgren, commander of Crew 4. Lindgren is responsible for all phases of flight from launch to reentry. Once on board station, he'll serve as an Expedition 67 flight engineer. He was born in Taipei, Taiwan, lived in the Midwestern US, but spent most of his childhood in England. Chell is a medical doctor and first joined NASA in 2007 as a flight surgeon before being selected as an astronaut in 2009. He flew to the station on a Russian Soyuz in 2015 for expeditions 44 and 45. Really enjoyed this conversation. Here's a little bit more about Chell Lindgren. Chell Lindgren, thanks for uh, coming on Houston. We have a podcast today. Oh, thank you for having me. This is awesome. You're very close to launch, right in the middle of training. Tell me about where you are right now in terms of what you're feeling and what your expectations are. Well, you kind of feel like you're on a slide, about halfway down a slide. Like uh, you're starting to accelerate. Um, you know, we're under three months to flight and there's still a lot to do uh, from a training and even from a personal perspective, uh, just kind of getting everything in order so that your family is in good shape uh, while you're gone for, for several months. And so there's definitely a, a persistent underlying sense of exhilaration, but it's a little bit clouded by all the things that need to be accomplished uh, before you get there. You've done this once before, but it was a little different. You, uh, this by meaning a long-term expedition on the station. It was just a little different from a launch perspective because you did it in Baikonur. Now you're going to be doing it from the United States. What's going to be different this time around? Well, I am just so excited to, to get to launch um, from Kennedy Space Center. Uh, just the, the heritage and history of that launch site and and now getting to not only launch from there but um getting to have family and friends be able to participate in that um it was extraordinary such an extraordinary experience to train to live uh in russia and to launch from the baikonur cosmodrome um but you're right you know this is this is different i had i got to have 15 guests uh in my family come out last time um now you know friends and family can come come down to Florida and be a part of this journey. 
Um, it's also meant that, that training has been a little bit different. We don't spend quite as much time overseas. We certainly do continue to, to spend time, uh, in our, um, in our instance out in, uh, in California, working with our SpaceX partners, training on the Crew Dragon vehicle. But, uh, but getting to be here in the U.S. for the most part and getting to launch from Kennedy, uh, Kennedy Space Center is, is really exciting. That's nice. You get to be around them a little bit more during training. And then, and then when you walk out and see, see your family, you're going to do so with three others who, are, who you are spending an incredible amount of time with. That's your crew, Crew 4. Tell me a little bit about them. You bet. Uh, so our pilot is Bob Hines, or he goes by Farmer, mm-hmm. and uh, he is a... Uh, an Air Force officer, uh, test pilot, a F-15E Strike Eagle pilot, and uh, and was one of our uh, aircraft aircraft operations pilots here at NASA for a while. Um, an IP for the, the T, an instructor pilot for the T-38, and and flew some of our other aircraft. And just uh, so grateful to have his experience um, and and background, test background, as we've been preparing to to fly this vehicle. Uh, Farmer is a, uh, as a turtle, he's a member of the 2017 class and, uh, joining, um, him on our crew is another turtle, uh, Jessica Watkins. She is a geologist by training and just really an extraordinary, uh, astronaut. Um, she stepped in, you know, Farmer and I had been training for a while and Samantha too, for that, for that matter, had been training for several months together. Uh, Jessica or, or Wadi, as she goes by, um, joined us a little bit late, but in our first sim, she stepped in like she had been doing it for years and, uh, just, um, really excited to, uh, to have her on the crew and to get to share the, the space flight experience with her. And then, uh, rounding out the crew, Samantha Christopheretti and, and Samantha joined ESA the same time my class, uh, joined NASA back in 2009. So we've known each other uh, for many years. I my crew was actually the backup to her crew, um, Soyuz crew back in 2014 and 2015, and so I got to to train with her out in Star City, and it has been um, really incredible getting to to train with her this time around. Uh, she brings a lot of experience and um, and and really great intuition um, to our team, and I am uh, just. Um, excited about the space flight, but even more so expi- excited about the people that uh, I get to share this experience with. We've got an amazing crew, and we were rounded out by uh, three extraordinary cosmonauts on the uh, Expedition 67 crew. So when we arrive at the space station, and they will have already been there for several weeks, and uh, it's going to be, I think we're going to have a great time. That's so important because you're spending so much time together to, to get along with one another. And, and of course, you know, we've been interviewing a, a lot of you guys and you're all saying the same thing and it's so important. I wonder in your particular role, Chell, um, just in the commander role, as you look, as you're in training and you look at um, the, the crewmates and, and you internalize and understand the responsibility of what it is to be commander on the, on, on the mission and the decisions um, that you are responsible for. I wonder, I wonder what that feeling is like um, now, now that you're taking on this position as commander. Well, it, it's an incredible privilege to, to get to command uh, this Crew 4 mission. I really see that role as of one of serving the crew and making sure that they have um, all of the training and tools and experience that are necessary uh, to be successful. Um, I feel a responsibility for uh, 
uh, for their safety and uh, for the success of our crew. And so that is just um, as we have kind of progressed through training and uh, as we prepare for our launch and for our mission uh, has just really meant um, spending a little bit of extra time making sure that uh, I'm bringing my best game uh, to our training and that uh, I'm prepared, you know, when the time comes uh, for our launch. Um, I, I've got an amazing crew uh, in in Samantha and Wadi and Farmer, and uh, so it's it's just really a privilege to to be a part of that team. You got a lot of work to do when you're on station, of course, lots of science, maintenance. You might have some spacewalks that you'll have to take part of, and that's all for the maintenance, continuing the research on board. Lots lots of goals that are part of that long-term expedition, but I wonder if you're also approaching this with any personal goals, anything that you'd like to achieve, whether taking more time in the cupola or bonding this way or the other thing. I wonder if you have any personal goals for your six months. You know, I flew my last mission as if it were going to be my only mission. I, I tried to approach it um, as really what it is, this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And um, and so to have a second once-in-a-lifetime opportunity is, is really an extraordinary privilege. And I am looking to, I think, be a little more introspective in this, uh, in this mission mm-hmm. and to just kind of truly... I don't know, understand um, and reflect on uh, on what a privilege it is to, to live and work in that environment and to be a part of this larger team that is seeking to challenge itself with continued operation of the space station as we continue to seek out um, ways to improve life on Earth and then also uh, to conduct our lunar and future Martian missions um, with success. And, and sort of building off of that as, as a way to, to wrap up, Chell, um, you know, thinking about just this this mission that you're on and, and what it contributes to and to the overall value of human spaceflight and what we're trying to accomplish, pull, pulling from your expeditions, pulling from your uh, expertise in, in medicine and just an, a good understanding of science and why we do it. From your perspective, why is it important that we continue to do microgravity research and, and continue to explore? Oh, there, there are so many reasons to, to continue on this path. You know, one, we're conducting science and research um, to improve life here on Earth. That orbital perspective gives us a view, um, a very special view and perspective of our home planet, the Earth. And, you know, as we think about pushing outwards as we think about the moon and Mars and, and venturing out into our solar system. Um, I think just as, you know, the, the Apollo astronauts, as they arrived at the moon and looked back at the earth, I think, uh, it great, gives us such an important understanding of how, um, how unique and special our home planet is. And so just continuing to, um, reinforce that message, uh, to, our international partners and um, to our fellow uh, fellow citizens of, of of spaceship Earth, that we need to take um, take care of our planet and take care of our home. Uh, we we do research on the space station to um, and and uh, and act as test subjects uh, to better understand how the the human body reacts in that weightless environment. It's given in some given us some insights into very basic and fundamental processes that that we would not have achieved without weightlessness. Um, insights into 
uh, crystal growth and pharmaceutical production, immune system function, and, uh, and bone loss. Um, it mimics some of the disease processes that we see on the earth and, and helps us develop new strategies uh, for, for care. And then, and then exploration. You know, we don't get better in anything unless we challenge ourselves, whether it's exercise or, uh, or technology, um, unless we push the edge of the envelope, unless we extend and reach for things that uh, are outside of our grasp, um, we are not, we're not improving, we're not getting better. And so by setting these challenges in front of us uh, of living and working in low Earth orbit, of, of uh, returning to the moon and of um, reaching for Mars, if we don't do those things, we as a species, we as a nation um, are not growing. And, and certainly there are so many things that, uh, that require our attention um, here on earth, so many challenges, so many obstacles. Um, but as a country, as, um, as an international partnership, we do, we absolutely need to dedicate some portion of our focus and energies on, uh, on reaching for goals that are going to, to improve us. Chell, such a thoughtful response. I can only imagine your response after all your time reflecting on orbit and taking that taking that time. Um, looking forward to hear what you have to say after your mission. But uh, Chell, really appreciate the time uh, that you took with me to, to have this chat. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Next is NASA astronaut Bob Hines, pilot of the Crew Dragon spacecraft and second in command for the mission. He's responsible for spacecraft systems and performance. Once on board station, he will also serve as an Expedition 67 flight engineer. Bob spent most of his childhood moving around Pennsylvania. After earning a bachelor's in aerospace engineering from Boston University, Bob was soon accepted to the U.S. Air Force for officer training school, ultimately becoming a pilot, serving in various roles, and eventually ending up as a test pilot and earning two master's degrees, one with the Air Force and another from the University of Alabama. Like Chell, Bob also joined NASA before becoming an astronaut, first serving as a research pilot at the Johnson Space Center in 2012, before his selection as an astronaut in 2017. Really great guy to talk to. Here is Bob Hines. Bob Hines, thanks so much for coming on Houston Weber Podcast today. Oh, thanks so much. I'm happy to be here. You are, uh, we've gotten the pleasure to do a couple of interviews with you so far, just in a short amount of time you have between training. You're right in the middle of it. You got a lot to do, but, but your launch is right around the corner. In this moment, in, with all the training and with your launch so close, how are you feeling? Uh, really excited, obviously. Uh, although I'll say there's still so much to do that sometimes it's hard to, uh, to get really excited about it. It hasn't really hit us. And then there are moments of, uh, of things that'll happen that'll really snap us back to, you know, wow, this is really getting close. Uh, for example, I had my last uh, run in the neutral buoyancy lab for spacewalk training uh, mm -hmm. just on Tuesday. And when we got out of the water and uh, Chell, who's our commander, uh, he pointed out, he said, hey, the next time you get in the suit, you might be going out the door for real. Uh, and that really hit me as, uh, wow, uh, it's uh, it's starting to get really close. So uh, <laughs> really starting to get excited. So then did you do you feel ready then, knowing that that was your last neutral buoyancy laboratory? You know, the next time you do it, you got to do it for real. So so how has, mm. the, has the training prepared you well enough? Do you feel like you've, you've done enough? It absolutely has. Uh, that's one thing uh, that is really amazing about the process is that 
you know, when you're starting out, you're not so sure, you know, you, you know, you can do these things, uh, but, you know, confidence may not be, you know, hey, am I actually uh, good enough to be able to do this thing? But by the time you're done with training, the, the teams that put our training programs together are just absolutely incredible and they know what you need to know uh, and, and have done just an amazing job. And so we 100 uh, percent feel like, you know, feel like we're ready and whatever the program throws at us or whatever they need us to do, uh, that we're ready to go out there and we can do uh, and, you know, do what we need to fix station, uh, install new things, whatever they need, we can get it done. That's right. There's a lot of space station training. Of course, you got to train to be a pilot for the SpaceX Crew Dragon. But but even the training you've had for all of that, you've had training even before that. You've had you've had a lot of experience as a, as a test pilot flying aircraft. Um, that helps you to prepare for this moment. And I just wonder what that was like as a, as an, as a pilot and, and where that uh, passion for flying began. Hmm. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, training is nonstop. And I think for anybody who, uh, who wants to excel in whatever their career field is, uh, there's someone who see, uh, is, is constantly seeking further knowledge and, mm-hmm. and always striving to get better. And so that's certainly the case uh, with, with us as test pilots. Uh, with me as a test pilot and, you know, and now as an astronaut that I'm never really satisfied with where I'm at, always trying to get better. Um, but, you know, I, I joked around with someone uh, late in my Air Force career uh, because it dawned on me that there's the normal assignment cycle process that people go through whenever they want to move. And I realized that I had never really done one because every assignment that I was going on was some new form of training. Uh, and so <laughs> every time I went, it was going to a new school. So it was just uh, a little bit different. Yeah. You moved around a lot as a kid, right? And and uh, you had to make friends constantly. I wonder, I mean, I, I was sort of the same way. I moved around mm-hmm. a lot in Pennsylvania. I was always in a new town. I think the longest I lived in a place was four years for a lot of my early, early childhood. And, you know, it's, it's, I, I found personally in my life that it was a, it was a skill to develop, to make new friends and enter into friend, new friend circles all the time. It sounds like you had a similar experience. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my dad was in the army uh, early on, and so we moved a lot for that. And then, you know, when he got out of the army and, and got his job, uh, we continued moving quite a bit. And then I joined the Air Force and kept moving. So uh, you're 100% right. You know, the the uh, much like being a test pilot, one of the things they teach us is that you get comfortable being uncomfortable. And I think that that was the same thing, you know, constantly moving, you get comfortable being the new kid, you get comfortable being uncomfortable. Uh, and, you know, it definitely makes it makes it easier. Uh, but you also really get an appreciation for all the different people that you meet and the different cultures and the different areas that people uh, live in and come from and the different backgrounds. And so uh, you just start to understand, you know, as you look back and reflect the uh, the value that that diversity brings. And uh, so it's really special. I wonder how you've bonded with your crewmates because you're definitely spending a lot of time with them in training. But and being a cohesive team is is very important because you're going to be with each other in in a um, a, tin, a tin can, a much larger tin can, but essentially a confined space for a long period of time. So so how are you? How do you getting uh, along with your crewmates? Uh, we've been getting along great, uh, in in my opinion. I'm not sure what their opinion is, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, we get along great. I think we all have really compatible personalities. Uh, we all have a really good sense of humor, uh, and we joke around, we tease each other, uh, and and we all have you know pretty thick skin as well. So uh, I, I'm really excited uh, for it. I think it's going to be just an amazing time. Uh, and then our Russian colleagues as well. Uh, I don't know them quite as well as our crew four crew, but when we get up there on spa- uh, on station, 
uh, will be a seven-person crew. And, um, and we've had dinner with them, and we've met them several times, and, and they seem like they're, uh, they're going to fit in perfectly with us as well. So I'm just really excited to you know, see how we all gel as a team once we get up there. Yeah, a lot of people up there, and, and it's, gonna be, it's funny because when, by the time you arrive at the space station, there's, there might be a moment where you are on the station with four turtles, like the Ninja Turtles, right? I don't know if you're Leonardo or Donatello. <laughs> Blast from but... the past there. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a special moment. I mean, 2017 class, you guys are part of their, part of the mix, part of the rotation. It, it absolutely is. And I'm not sure it's something that any of us really dreamed would happen, especially with four of us up there uh, at the same time. So it's going to be really special. Um, Kayla and I actually uh, did our astronaut interview together, uh, so we were in the same group. Uh, and so being able to see her in space and cross paths in space station for a few days is going to be really special. Uh, and then Raja and I uh, have known each other since our Air Force days, and we've been assigned in the same place uh, two or three times. So uh, our families have known each other for a long time as well. And so for us to cross paths one more time in space is going to be just awesome. And then, of course, when, when after you arrive, you got to kick right into gear, and there's a lot of work to do. You're there to do Absolutely. science. You're there to do maintenance. You might do some spacewalks, and, and you got to really kick into gear. But I wonder if in your six months that you're there, you, of, of, of course, are going to have some free time. If you have some personal goals, things that you want to do in the, in the few moments you have to just take it all in if there's something that you're looking forward to doing. Yeah, I absolutely want to make sure that, you know, I take time to look out the window, uh, but I really want to capture it uh, as well, uh, capture the experience. And so I am not a journaler, but that is something that I would like to start doing is, you know, writing down and recording my thoughts and my observations uh, at the end of the day. And and so that's a habit that I've I've tried to start over the the previous months of training so that I can carry that on board with me. Uh, so not only the uh, writing, journaling, but also photo documenting, uh, which obviously is a is a very popular uh, hobby up there. So I'm really looking forward to that. I am a a budding photographer, uh, <laughs> to uh, to put it mildly. So I, I'm hoping that my skills get better and uh, can really capture the beauty of what I expect to see up there. And of course, you while you're doing all that work, you're going to be away from home. And I know you're very close with your family. That's something that's very important to you. And so how are you preparing them for the long journey? So we've been talking about it for a long time. Uh, we have um, I've been trying to share the training process with them and, and constantly um, just talking about what the expectations are for, you know, how often we'll be able to talk. Um, you know, we have video conferences periodically as well. And so just kind of setting those expectations. Uh, but I do think one of the things that, that helps, uh, like you mentioned earlier, is the fact that some of our turtle classmates are up there right now. Hmm. Um, the the, the spouses and the families of the other astronauts are all fairly close. And so they get to share those experiences from their perspective as well. And, and I think that that really helps uh, to prepare them. Absolutely. Bob Hines, thanks so much for uh, taking some time to talk with me today. Thanks so much. It was my pleasure. Take care. Next, we have NASA astronaut Jessica Watkins, a mission specialist for Crew 4. As a mission specialist, she'll work closely with the commander and pilot to monitor the spacecraft during the dynamic launch and re-entry phases of flight. Once on board the station, she too will become a flight engineer for Expedition 67 on her first trip to space. Watkins was born in Maryland but considers Lafayette, Colorado her hometown. She earned a Bachelor of Science in Geological and Environmental Sciences from Stanford University and a Doctorate in Geology from the University of California, Los Angeles, or UCLA. 
As it seems to be a theme with this crew, Jessica, like Chell and Bob, joined NASA prior to being selected as an astronaut, participating in several internships at Ames Research Center and the Jet Propulsion Laboratory in California. Prior to her selection as a NASA astronaut in 2017, she was a postdoctoral fellow at the Division of Geological and Planetary Sciences at the California Institute of Technology, where she collaborated as a member of the science team for the Mars Science Laboratory rover, Curiosity. What an incredible person to talk to. Here is Jessica Watkins. Jessica Watkins, thanks so much for coming on History of a Podcast today. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, just really close to your launch. Uh, in this moment, you've been going through a lot of training. You still are. Uh, you have <laughs> Just before this, you were saying you have a back-to-back schedule. It's still very, very busy, but it's right around the corner. How are you feeling with launch coming up so soon? Oh, yeah, it's super exciting. Um, it's, it's crazy how quickly it's come up, but uh, we are feeling well-prepared and, and ready for this next adventure. Did you always know that you were going to be an astronaut or... or um... Or at least aspire to be one. Was that something that was, uh, you know, when when you were a kid, something that you aspired to be? Yeah, you know, certainly something that I aspired to for have aspired to for a long time since I was I was pretty young. I never thought it would become a reality, uh, but it was something that I kind of a you know distant dream in the back of my head uh, since a pretty young age. But then you eventually pursued STEM. You had some sort of interest in that, and and you decided on geology. Why geology? Yeah, you know, my, my journey to geology was, was not um, exactly a, a straight path. I kind of came into school, into undergrad, uh, thinking that I wanted to be a mechanical engineer. Uh, and after taking a few classes and really kind of getting settled in there, I decided that engineering, mechanical engineering really wasn't for me. Uh, it just wasn't something that I enjoyed. And mm. so I kind of found my way, kind of stumbled onto geology um, once I had discovered that you could study the geology of other planets, uh, which was very exciting to me, uh, and just kind of fell in love. So, and, and you got a chance to do that, right? I mean, you worked on uh, Curiosity rover and, and things like that. How was, and, and you did that so as an intern for NASA, right? How was that experience? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am so grateful for the opportunities I had to be a NASA intern. Mm-hmm. That really kind of opened the door for me and really allowed me to have different experiences um, that helped point me towards where I wanted to go in my career, um, really helped me, allowed me to have hands-on experience, like working on the rover, um, that really just kind of fueled my passion. So, I mean, that 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 goal, that, that aspiration to be an astronaut must have stuck with you because then you ultimately applied and then got that call that you were going to be a NASA astronaut. What, tell me about that moment when you actually got the call. Yeah, absolutely. It's certainly very surreal um, when you <laughs> receive that phone call. Um, you, you're expecting a phone call one way or the other. Um, but for me, certainly when I look back now, I, I kind of, I had notes prepared in terms of what to say if it was a no phone call, but what didn't even have anything prepared for the yes phone call. Uh, so it was, it was definitely super exciting. Well, you've been training a lot to get, to get prepared for this moment. Basic, you know, ask can training, right? So you got the, uh, neutral buoyancy lab, you got, uh, you know, T-38s, that kind of thing. And then you've ultimately been training for this mission. So you got your space station training, you got Dragon training, and you're doing so with a crew of three others um, who, who we're all talking to on, on, on this podcast as well. And I just wonder from, from your perspective, you know, as you're training, as you're going through this, learning more about the, the systems and everything, what is it like being with this crew? Tell me about Crew 4. 
Yeah, it's truly a privilege to be able to train and, and soon fly with Crew 4, with my, my other crewmates. Um, they are each individually awesome in their own ways. They each have their own expertise, and uh, they we each kind of bring something different to the table. So I'm, I'm really excited for us to kind of uh, bring all of that together. We really complement each other well, and I'm excited about what we're going to be able to accomplish. And what is it exactly you're going to accomplish? I mean, you're going on a on a SpaceX Dragon, right? And so that's so that's pretty cool. You got to learn what that system is. But ultimately, you're going to be on the space station for a long time. What are you doing aboard? Yeah, the the two main things that we focus on while we're on board the ISS are science and maintenance. So on the science side, uh, we do lots of different kinds of science: uh, physical science, material science, fluid dynamics. Uh, we study biology, so looking at cell and tissue growth. Uh, we've, we also do earth and space sciences, which is near and dear to my heart, uh, as well as doing uh, tech demos and uh, studying ourselves. We become the experiment um, and we uh, focus on human physiology and the cognitive effects of long distance, long term space flight, long duration space flight. Yeah. I mean, when when you're up there, you're gonna you're gonna do all of that stuff, right? You got that science and maintenance, and I think one of the beautiful things about working, you know, as an as an astro- astronaut is the opportunity to to connect with others on the ground. And I'm, certainly, I mean, I, I know you're experiencing now. You got a lot of people reaching out to you um, because you're gonna be the first African American woman on the space station to do a long duration mission. And people who look like you are looking up to you and saying, "I want to be, I want to be like you." So how do how do you take on that role and start connecting and sharing your experience in that in that position um, to try to inspire others? Yeah, you know, it's certainly an honor to be a, a small part of the legacy of. Uh, black female astronauts who came before me. And, you know, I think we are seeing an exciting future ahead of us as well. So Mm -hmm. it's exciting to be a part of that. And, you know, it certainly mattered to me when I was growing up to have people that looked like me uh, participating in the roles I wanted to participate in and contributing in ways I wanted to contribute. Mm -hmm. And so uh, to the extent that I'm able to do that, um, I'm I'm grateful for the opportunity to return the favor. (laughs) You're you're going to spend a lot of, a lot of time on there, you know, lots of science, maintenance, connecting with others. But of course, you're going to have some some time to yourself. And I wonder um, if you've put some thought into just your own personal goals during the mission. Some of the things that you want to make sure that you set a time to truly experience or share or whatever you want to do while on board. Do you have personal things you want to do? Yeah, you know, I think. First and foremost, the focus is on you know being a good crewmate, mm-hmm. and um, all of the all of the different aspects that that includes, including uh, you know professional work life being um, a, a you know helpful and productive crewmate, and then as well on the more personal emotional side as well. Um, and then there's the the other part of being up there, which I think is being a good steward of the opportunity, um, kind of as you were mentioning before, but bringing bringing others with us. You know we're lucky that we are the ones that get to go, but it's important that we bring others with us. And so uh, doing that to the best of my ability. Very good. Well, well, um, Jessica Watkins, appreciate you taking the time to, to chat with me today. And I know you got a lot going on. So, so best of luck uh, on your upcoming launch. Appreciate you, uh, you chatting with me today. Thanks so much, Gary. Last but not least, we have ESA astronaut Samantha Christopher Reddy, also a mission specialist for Crew 4, working with the commander and pilot to monitor the spacecraft through the dynamic launch and re-entry phases of flight. She will also become a long-duration crew member aboard the International Space Station. 
Born in Milan, Italy, the multilingual astronaut earned degrees in Italy and Germany while studying in the U.S., France, and Russia all along the way. In 2001, she joined the Italian Air Force, eventually becoming a pilot. She was selected as an ESA astronaut in 2009 and flew to the International Space Station on a Russian Soyuz in 2014 for a long-duration mission during Expeditions 42 and 43 until returning in June 2015. Overall, a very interesting person and inspiring person to talk to. Here is Samantha Cristoforetti. Samantha Cristoforetti, thank you so much for coming on Houston Real Podcast. Hello, thanks for having me. Excited. Uh, very close to your launch, Samantha. Um, and they are they are training you like crazy, if I'm not mistaken. You are going all over, traveling around the world, getting ready for this mission. In this moment, how are you feeling? Uh, very excited. I mean, we're just a uh, couple of months out from launch. Uh, very busy time, uh, trying, uh, of course, to keep my head above the water in terms of, you know, deadlines that we have to meet and uh, all the last uh, training events. Um, lots of BDCs, like baseline data collections for all the experiments that uh, I would be a subject for going on these days. Um, we get some really good quality time with the crew when we uh, fly out to, to Hawthorne in California for the um, vehicle training mm-hmm. um, at the SpaceX facilities. So an exciting time. Very much so, and you're you're doing it with uh, with a very special crew. Um, just talking with a couple of you guys, it seems like you, you've been you've been bonding pretty nicely. Um, and and uh, well, just just tell me about that about about the crew that you're going to be spending a significant amount of time with. So I don't think I could have dreamt of a better crew, and <laughs> and and I know that this is something that maybe people say a lot, but mm-hmm. uh, it it it's it's really true. Um, some people I already knew quite well. Chell Lindgren, our commander, is from our sister class, uh, was selected in 2009, like I was, um, known him for many years. He was my backup uh, um, when I flew the first time. So we spent time together in, in Baikonur before launch, uh, a lot of time together in Star City as we were training to fly on Soyuz back in you know 2012, 13, 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just the kindness uh, human being you can possibly imagine. Jessica Watkins, Wadi, I also knew very well because back in 2019, we did a Nemo mission together. So we spent uh, 10 days um, as part of this uh, six-person crew in Aquarius, this underwater habitat um, on the uh, on the ocean floor of the coast of Florida, um, you know, doing simulated uh, spacewalks for multiple hours uh, with, uh, with a diving um, hard hat. Um, and she just impressed me back then already, you know, since she's super young, but, you know, so uh, driven and smart and kind and fun and, you know, full of energy and strength. I mean, she's just amazing. And uh, Farmer, I, I, I got to know after we, we got assigned together to, to this crew and um, again, you know, the, the super kind person and uh, incredible, very specific, but uh, I, I super like it, uh, sense of humor. Um, so uh, it, it's just an amazing crew and, and I know for a fact that we will have an amazing time on orbit together. It is not too much longer until all four of you are going to be walking out of uh, crew quarters together after spending so much time. And it's good that you guys are getting along because you're going to spend a lot of time. But when you walk out, it's it's going to be a new experience for you because when you launched previously, you launched from Baikonur. This time, it's just going to be a little bit different. And I know you're excited to have more family and friends there as well. 
Absolutely, yeah. It's going to be all new, new rocket, new vehicle, new launch pad, new launch place, uh, you know, new different country. Um, and yeah, definitely one big difference will be that, um, you know, back on my first flight, because we launched out of Baikonur and the logistics and the costs there um, make it very difficult for people to come. We only had um, a very small amount of guests. Um, and this time I'm really excited that uh, we will have many more of my family and friends uh, who are going to be able to come out and uh, and wave goodbye uh, in Florida. So that's cool. Well, of course, after launching, most of the, the, the really the primary purpose of your mission is to spend uh, a significant amount of time in space doing science and doing technology demonstrations. There's a lot to do. Can you give me a feel for, for exactly uh, what it is you, you hope to accomplish, what it is that you're looking forward to for the work that you're going to do in space? You know, we as astronauts, we, we show up on the space station and, and what we hope to do is to contribute, right? Mm -hmm. So there's, there's um, you know, and over this last few years, I've gained even more an appreciation of the amount of uh, work that uh, many, many people put into uh, planning the science that happens on space station, uh, planning all, you know, the, 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 the procedures, the hardware, the time on orbit, you know, deconflicting it from other things and so making sure that all the requirements are, are met. And so what I hope that we accomplish, uh, you know, myself and overall as a crew is that, you know, everything is just uneventful, that we are able to do our job in a smooth way as possible uh, so that, you know, all this work that all those people have put in actually comes to fruition. When you spent... Uh almost, you know, 200 days on space station during your uh, previous expedition after flying up on Soyuz. You had limited free time, but you decided to spend it um, sharing your experience with the world. You, you made some videos, and, and they were very, very engaging. Um, I wonder what you want to do this time around well, in the limited free time that you have. Yeah, I, I definitely look forward to uh, to do that again, to try and share the experience as much as uh, as possible. Um, it's been a few years. I think uh, also the the way people communicate has maybe evolved, uh, and um, you know, I, I think it's it's especially challenging as for a person like me who's not the youngest anymore uh, to try and find the right uh, ways of communicating to the the youngest, right, the the, the kids, the the young adults. Um, and so, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to that challenge, see if we can uh, engage uh, those young folks. Just taking a, a moment to reflect on this mission that you're a part of and the time that we're going up. Um, you're you're going to be a, up there at a time where we're working on the commercialization of low Earth orbit. A private astronaut missions uh, are, you know, in full swing. Um, we have, you know, space flight participants, commercial research. We're, we're trying to go to the moon as well. It's, it's a very exciting time. Um, just reflecting on that and what it's taken to get to this moment with, with international partnerships as well, really, really taking a perspective of all that's going on and all that contributed to get us to this moment, um, which is going to be, you know, this year, 2022, during your space flight. Yeah, it's, it's amazing to me how things have evolved so fast. Uh, you know, when, when I flew the first times, you know, human spaceflight was this thing that um, was limited to um, sovereign agencies and, and very few of them, right? You know, the United States, Russia and, uh, and China. Um, and, and now there is such a, um, 
such a uh, amount of uh, new actors and and activities uh, that um, you know the the context has completely changed and and I think we are at at, at the point where we can really look forward to um, at least in low Earth orbit. Um, having a, a really orders of magnitude increase in terms of activities and actors present. And I think the natural consequence of that is that things will become safer, more reliable, cheaper, more efficient uh, through that. And, and I think hopefully, or actually I'm pretty confident, the benefits of that will trickle down uh, to the, you know, the entire industry and community and not only in low Earth orbit, but also beyond that. Wonderful. Samantha Christopheretti, thank you for taking this moment to chat with me today. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for sticking around. That is all four of the Crew 4 astronauts. I hope you learned a little something about each of them today. Check out NASA's website for the latest schedule and how you can find out how to watch the launch of these four astronauts live on NASA TV and on different streaming services. Uh, we have a lot of different podcast episodes here on Houston. We have a podcast. You can check them out in no particular order. Go to nasa.gov slash podcast to find them as well as other shows that we have at NASA. The whole collection is there. If you want to talk to us, um, Houston, we have a podcast. We're on the NASA Johnson Space Center pages of Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just use the hashtag AskNASA on your favorite platform to submit an idea for the show. Make sure to mention it's for us at Houston. We have a podcast. These interviews were recorded throughout January and February of 2022. Thanks to Alex Perriman, Pat Ryan, Heidi Lavelle, and Belinda Polito for their work on the podcast as always, and to the astronaut schedulers for helping us to secure these chats. And of course, thanks to the Crew 4 astronauts, Chell Lindgren, Bob Hines, Jessica Watkins, and Samantha Christopheretti for their time. Give us a rating and feedback on whatever platform you're listening to us on, and tell us what you think of our podcast. We'll be back next week.